Hey listeners, we're back again with another retro episode of the Pilot Podcast. This episode was originally recorded in August of 2016. Enjoy! Welcome to the Pilot Podcast. Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host BJ, along with my co-host Me Too. We watch shows in six categories, classic, popular, animated, teen, reality, and alternative slash obscure. Today, we're getting desperate in our popular category with Desperate Housewives. Count us down. Three, two, one, play. she's been shot okay listeners so we just finished watching the first episode of desperate housewives it's actually titled pilot which aired yeah very appropriate it aired october 3rd 2004 and was the first episode of 180 episodes and eight seasons let's go over first our general thoughts and feelings and then we can dive into some specifics um, what are your general thoughts and feelings on the show? I'm surprised to say I liked it. Really? Yeah. Maybe I'd... Downton Abbey prepped you. Um, this is very different than Downton Abbey. This reminds me more of like a soap opera. Okay. Um, I'd never, I didn't really know anything about it. I'd always heard of the show because it is so popular, but I didn't know what yeah. it, what the storylines really involved. But it yeah. was, it was fun. And the fact that everyone has like some hidden secret or hidden part of their personality is a fun concept. Because like we both said when we finished watching it, we want to know what happened next. We want to know their secrets. We want to know yeah. what they're hiding. We want to know plot spoilers. And I think that's the sign of a good show when you want to know more. Yeah, I totally agree. Usually when something introduces too many storylines, like it can get overwhelming, like how to get away with murder. Like sometimes I feel like, like, who is this? Like, why? Like, like, I just kind of want everyone yeah. to die for a second and like, like a phoenix rise anew with a cleaner plot line. Yeah. Whereas with this, it was just like, it was so fun. One, it's not serious. Like, I think it's okay. I'm assuming if we watched episode two, it would be okay if we forgot that Eva Longoria's character was having an affair because it'll probably be brought up back up again or like mm-hmm. what, like whatever little nuances. I love when shows are self-aware. And I think this yes. is so aware of the fact that it's supposed to be fun. And I read that he original Mark Cherry originally tried to pitch this as a comedy and a lot of networks like wouldn't have it. And then he reworked it as a satire, just like something that's a bit more aware of itself. And then like ABC came knocking like all these networks. I think a- ABC one, I guess it's on ABC, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah, the and the comedy is still there, which yeah makes it enjoyable. And like you said, it doesn't take it tel- itself too seriously. So you can yeah, just it doesn't really just sit back and just enjoy it. Yeah, even though you see the twist coming a mile away, like as you and I were watching, 
we kept going like, oh, he's going to kill her. Like he's going to yeah. be the mistress and he's going to do this. He's Like you see it coming and yet it's still so fun. Yeah, like you don't care that it's predictable just because yeah. the characters, like what they're doing is so entertaining. So before we go into specifics, while we're talking about our general thoughts, we obviously both liked it. Would you predict that this show would be super successful based off of this pilot? I think so. Because I think, did we talk about, did we give a pilot summary? Nope. I can, <laughs> let's summarize it quickly. I have a short. That's sum- how excited we were to talk about how fun this show is. Yeah. That we were like, mm, everyone else can catch up. Like, oh, let's get straight into it. So this is just yeah. a abridged version. A lot more happened. In the pilot, we meet all of the characters at Mary Alice Young's funeral. Lynette's sons get in trouble by jumping into the pool. Susan tries to make something to bring to the funeral, but burns her macaroni and cheese. And that's a horrible synopsis. Yeah, a little more. Basically, you meet, there's like six of them, right? There's, I think there's like six. I thought there were five. Plus the nosy neighbor. Oh, is she a main character? I don't think so. I'm sure she's recurring. Basically, it follows the lives of these, like, five housewives. One's a former model who married for money and the guy sucks. One's a business. Gabrielle. Yeah. uh, yeah, Yeah. Played by Eva Longoria. Felicity Huffman. I can't remember her character's name. Lynette. Lynette. She was, like, a successful career woman, and then she stopped it to have kids and then had, like, four or something. And Mm. then there's Terry Hatcher's character, who's, like, this sad divorcee who relies on... Susan, who completely relies on her daughter for moral support, which is embarrassing. There's Marsha Cross's character, who's like Brie. this Stepford wife, Bree. There's, um, and her family resents her for being like a good mom and wife. And then there's uh, Bree, who's played by Nicolette Sheridan, and she Wait. is like the neighborhood. Edie. Like she's the one who sleeps, or sorry, Edie, Edie. And she like sleeps with everyone in town. And then there's like the nosy neighbor. Who just kind of she? It seems like she was written into the show as like a gossip to keep the plot going, and then there's it's narrated by the wife in the very beginning, like literally in the yeah. first scene she commits suicide, and then Mary that Alice. sets the tone for the show. Yeah. Mary Alice. Better summary. So I didn't want to read this long one. Yeah, yeah. The summary we found was not good. So let's talk about our favorite moments, and I think we should break it down by each of the main housewives. Like, what's our favorite part about? their storylines. Cool, go. So let's start with Susan. Susan Meyer by Terry Hatcher. I I liked when she burnt down Edie's house. Did you? (laughs) I hated her for that. She just like broke in. Hello? Anybody home? I need to borrow sugar. It was a small fire that she could have handled, and then she panicked and ran, and it engulfed yeah. her home. She panicked and let that burn down this girl's house. But All she because did... she thought she was sleeping with her crush. Yeah, she thought she was sleeping with the plumber, but she did leave her measuring cup in the house, so I think that's going to come back and bite her in the butt. For sure. For but sure. I, just, I love that she was like, I got to know, I got to get this cup of sugar Oh, you're not answering the door? Let me just walk in through your back door. Let me eat yeah. some of your chocolates. Let me look at your clothes. Yeah. Let me and pick then, up your clothes. And she started the fire, threw some alcohol on it, and was like, oh, that didn't work. Peace. So you, did you have a favorite Susan moment? No, I don't like her. Really? She was my favorite character. 
Excuse me, she's such a sad Susan, so I'm glad she's named that way. She completely emotionally relies on her daughter, which is, like, such bad parenting. Like, she literally, her daughter literally asks her when was the last time she slept with someone, and Susan whips her head around, and you think she's going to be like, wow, we should have boundaries as, like, a mother and, and like, preteen daughter. And instead, she's, like, silent, and her daughter, I think, said something to the effect of, did I offend you? And Susan was like, no, I'm trying to remember the last time I slept with someone. Are you mad that I asked you that? No, I'm just trying to remember. I don't want to talk to you about my love life anymore. It weirds me out. That is not a healthy relationship. And she's just so, she just feels sorry for herself, and she can't make a decent thing of mac and cheese. At least make it tasteless, but, like, it was watery. Did she, like you said, did she not drain it? Yeah, that's the least favorite moment for Susan. Like, come on. How are you messing up this macaroni and cheese every time? She said it was too salty. She burned it. It was watery. Then she brought it to the funeral, and they said it was burnt and undercooked at the same time. How did you... It tastes like it's burned and undercooked. Yeah, I get that a lot. Here you go. Come on, Susan. Get it and, together. And she gave the nosy neighbor digestive problems. Yeah, that nosy neighbor said her mac and cheese was running right through her. Days that later. That means you... Days later, she is still pooping it out. You've done bad, Susan. I don't like her. I really don't. I, I don't think she has any redeeming qualities. I'm sympathetic towards Susan. I'm not sympathetic toward her. Be an adult woman. Raise your child. Tell me again why I fought for custody of you. You were using me to hurt Dad. Oh, that's right. Learn how to make a bowl of food or don't make mac and cheese ever again. That is, those are my feelings. Then you're entitled to your feelings. Thank you. So let's move on to Lynette. Lynette Scavo by Felicity Huffman. This was the businesswoman turned housewife of crazy children. Oh, that poor woman. We all say if you hadn't quit, you'd be running the place by now. Yeah, well. Do you have a favorite moment with her? Well, I have two. And they were both from the funeral. First is when she told her kids she got Santa's cell phone number. And if any of you acts up, so help me, I will call Santa and I will tell him you want socks for Christmas. You willing to risk that? Because that's just like so fascinating to me that like American kids, not that I'm not an American, but growing up with parents who are not from here, like we didn't talk about Santa. So it's just astounding to me that you like, and I've had friends tell me that their parents have used Santa as a leverage to like get them to perform better. It's like the yeah. elf on a shelf. Like it's just, yeah. it's it's so funny to me that like, this mythical creature can like created by Coca-Cola advertising can like get your kids to be better. And then I liked when she, um, when the kids were acting up and they did like, Oh, actually, no, not even that. Basically she walked into a pool to get her kids and her heels never came off. So she slayed that. My favorite scene actually is when her husband tried to have unprotected sex with her after already having given her four kids and she literally punched him in the face that was probably my favorite scene. Like, literally, like, I'm going to hurt you. Any least favorite moments with her? No, I just feel really sorry for her. So any least favorite moment is just thinking, wow, you should have been a career woman and not I, a mother of four. I feel bad for her, but I blame her for her children's behavior. Triplets, though? Those kids literally control her. I feel like yeah, she has horrible. no influence over them. They're horrible, but they're triplets, man. I don't know how you chase after all of them. She is the parent who should buy those leashes for children. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's move on to Brie Vandekamp by Marsha Cross. 
Mm-hmm. Love her. The actress or the character? Both. Okay. I don't know much about the actress. I didn't care much for the character either. We are disagreeing hardcore <laughs> today. Fine. So, this is the moment in the season where we start to disagree on our podcast. It's fine. It's fine. So what was your favorite thing about her? Everything. She just like, I, I do think that she should be a little bit more vulnerable, but that's like, I'm sure that's like, when you're dealing with the this worthless lump of a husband next to you who has no backbone and who will not discipline your kids, so you're made out to be the bad one. Rex, seeing that you're the head of this household, I would really appreciate you saying something. Pass the salt. You're dealing with these two kids who are so ungrateful you cook for them. They ask you for canned beans. So, how's the osobuco? It's okay. It's okay. You're dealing with this worthless, unachieving family compared to how perfect you are. Yeah, I guess you have to put on a strong face. And I bet if she were vulnerable in front of them, they would, like, run over her. I don't think she should be perfect to the point where they've never seen her laugh or cry. But... If she were to sob in front of them, if she were to be vulnerable, if she were to try to share, I don't think they see her as a person. They see her, like a lot of kids do, like they see her as mob, not as like an independent person. So I don't think she should, she would be able to show her personality to them and have them not take advantage of that or not take, even like not take it seriously. You know, I feel like, I think, I don't think so. I think she's keeping herself together because it's worthless, this completely worthless family. She tries to be very perfect. She's like plastic, always smiling. And her family sees that this is a fake facade she's putting up. And they don't like that her mother, that their mother is not being real with them. And she's trying to do too much. Like she wants the picture perfect family in life. And the kids are like, we don't need that. We want a regular soup. We want some beanie weenies. We want to play arcade games. Like we want to be a family, but we don't need it to be the way you think it should be. There's no compromise on her part. She's definitely creating the family that she thinks she should have. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's not right. But I do think that her family, like in, in a sense, kind of drove her to this in that they're so worthless. Yeah, they're not helping at all. They're ungrateful and they're mean to her. It's everyone against her in that house. It's not, it's not a healthy environment. They're not supportive. Like I would, I'd be defensive too. I think they're not supportive, but she's also not listening to them. Yeah, she's definitely not listening to them. So like everyone's losing in this household. Everyone's losing, but love Brie. I know you're out of your minds with grief. Yes, we are. Of course, I will need the baskets back once you're done. Of course. Let's move on to Gabrielle Solis by Eva Longoria. She's another one of my favorite characters. I'd say my favorite moment is when she left the party to go mow the lawn to cover up yeah. the gardener. In her heels and like formal long gown. Yeah. And she gave a 20 to the waiter. Yeah. That's some like good thinking. Like that's how you keep uh, your rich husband. People are starting to stare. Can you keep your voice down, please? Absolutely. You wouldn't want them to think we're not happy. Even though I don't really see why she likes him or cares that much. I mean, I guess the money, but then she complained whenever he brings up, oh, I bought you this diamond necklace for X thousand dollars. Yeah. And she's like, whatever. Either way, yeah. I, I love her as a character. I love that, like, he's this controlling jerk, and she's like, oh, lol, I'm going to, like, sleep with everyone. And Yeah, he's like, controlling, but, like, it, not doesn't, a piece. 
it doesn't get her down. She's like, I'm just going to do my own thing anyway. Yeah, she literally does not acquiesce to him, and that's fab. Mm-hmm. I agree. Love her. Any least favorite moments with her? No. No. Yeah, I don't even. Incapable. Well, no. Actually, I do. In that, she they always have the blinds open in their homes. Oh, yeah. As just like a general thing. Like, if you can, we could see the street through the window where she was sleeping with the gardener. We saw and then, people on the street. Yeah. Like, we could see people. So, it's like, if we can see them, they can see her. Especially, so, the first time they, the second time they were together, they were upstairs. But the first time, they were in the dining room on the first floor with the blinds open. That's yeah. like, like, someone literally, like, that's not, someone would not have to spy to see that. That's like walking down the street and that catches your eye. Mm-hmm. So for sure, people in the neighborhood know about this. They must not care. Okay, that's it for our main female characters. But I think we should also talk about Mary Alice Young's family. Since she's the narrator, I feel like Mm, her family will be important. Her husband and son. Yeah, because her husband, like, for sure murdered someone. And her son must know about it. Yeah, because she was like, my son hasn't heard this in such a long time. Like digging up the pool sound. Um, but I like her as a narrator. I think it's fun to have someone who is part of this. Yeah, who can comment most about it. Yeah, who's like watching it from above and knows everyone's secrets. Yeah. It's like, I think Gossip Girl did that, where Gossip Girl like, oh, yeah? was a character who narrated. I think so. Oh, you're right. You're right. I think that is the structure of the show because it would be like XOXO Gossip Girl. So like yeah. that person was all knowing and all seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you watched this show in 2003, four. Um, four, would you have known it would be a success? Yes. I would definitely see why people would like this. It would definitely be popular. And with shows like this, this soap opera-esque show, it can keep yeah. going because you can always be like, oh, well, she had another secret we never told you yeah. about. Or, Someone died. Idea. Someone had a baby. Yeah. Yep. So I definitely see see why this became a long-running show. What about you? I totally agree. I, um, I was telling you this before that Mark Cherry got his inspiration for the show when he said that he was watching the news with his mom and he saw the coverage of Andrea Yates, who was the Texas mom who uh, drowned her five kids. And he said he turned, to, he turned to his mom and said, gosh, can you imagine a woman being so desperate she would resort to that action? And his mom took her cigarette out of her mouth and said, I've been there. And so... I think it was just the maybe one of the first shows, I can't truly speak to that, where it showed like the darker side of being a parent. Because around that time is when people finally started talking about like postpartum depression and like the things that happen when you're not just saying like, oh, it's just the best thing in the world to have a kid, which was a scene is when um, Lynette, when Lynette, when her old coworker asked her in the grocery store, like, how is having your kids? Mm. And she said she answered how she's supposed to instead of how she actually felt. And so she said it's like the greatest job I've ever had or something. Mm -hmm. So I think this show allowed moms to, not necessarily allowed moms, but allowed women and probably even just like parents, period, like fathers and moms to just, to to be okay with like not being 100% happy in your home. Like it's not easy being a parent or a spouse or a partner or anything. And then also, it was at the perfect time where, if I can remember correctly, it was Sunday nights, or at least that's how it started. So it would be Extreme Home Makeover and then Desperate Housewives. 
So that lineup was also perfect, I think, for moms. Is like you watch this like feel good show with your family. Kids, kids go upstairs, go to bed, and then now it's time to have like a glass of wine and watch like the real deal, like Desperate Housewives. Like have some fun with it. It's obviously a dramatic version of like being a mom and whatever, but it, yeah. it's you know like I think I think it was just very well done in that sense. So I would anticipate its success because it finally spoke to this story where these are likable characters, but they're complicated. Yeah, that's the good thing. They're not one-dimensional. There's a yeah. lot. And you can already tell that, even though they are representing stereotypes. Sometimes people pretend to be one way on the outside when they're totally different on the inside. They have yeah, totally. depth to them, and, you know, there's more to these characters. Totally. Are there any other fun facts we should mention? The sh Oprah loved the show so much that she was invited to the set to shoot an exclusive 15-minute, like, fake episode. Oh. And in this episode, Oprah played herself as the new neighbor who came to learn all about the secrets of the housewives. Really? And that's when she... Yeah, and in that episode is when... I don't, I don't have an article for this. I just have a photographic memory of Oprah. But in that episode... Because <laughs> I love Oprah. But in that episode is when she showcased a neighborhood that mirrored the like just it, it just it was a regular neighborhood that mirrored the show oh the real wisteria lane this show is set in a fictional fictional town of fairview in the fictional eagle state it's not even like in a real state oh interesting i kind of love that because that doesn't so if they said like this is connecticut or this is like whatever state yeah like it could have people could have potentially been like, oh, that's such a Southern thing. That's such a Northeastern thing. That's such a whatever. But making it completely fictional and setting allows it to transcend culture. And it's like, this is just like the American family experience. It's complicated. Yeah. And it is the longest running hour long television series featuring all female leads. It beat out Charmed yes. by two episodes. Okay, so we're done discussing the episode. Um, well, first, would you have watched this show if we hadn't done the podcast? No. Me neither. Nope, nope. But this has shown me that, like, this is a good show. Yeah, definitely you have to give it a chance, and you'll find that it's popular for yeah, a reason. A, <laughs> yeah, this is a good show. So just to remind everyone of our rating system, we have a few different categories. We have would watch again seriously, would watch again casually, would watch while doing laundry, would watch with wine, and would not watch. So me too, tell the reviewers or remind them what your rating is for Desperate Housewives. Would watch with wine. This is something that I don't think I would necessarily watch seriously, like in order or whatever, but mm. this is something that you just like have a glass of wine and watch the drama unfold. Like I bet you could skip like three or four episodes at a time mm. and not necessarily miss anything, but it's so fun. Mm. I'd say I am would watch while doing laundry i don't want to say would not watch again it's more if i flipping through the channels and it's on and i'm not actively watching tv i will leave it yeah. on <laughs> i just don't think yeah. i would invest the time into it um if it wasn't already put in front of me well that's it for our discussion on desperate housewives so we're going to get on to some other segments of the pilot podcast do we have any listener feedback or emails this week we don't have any emails, but someone tweeted us. So yes. our our Twitter account is at the pilot pod. So feel free if you want to send any feedback there. We're on Twitter. 
We're also on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. But someone tweeted us a really interesting fact. They tweeted us, I really liked Firefly, so our Firefly episode, but it was recently pointed out to me that there are no Asian characters in this Asian-influenced world. And I hadn't thought about that. So I don't know if there were any Asian or Asian-American or anything characters in the pilot, but certainly they certainly weren't the main cast. Yeah. And in a show where people are like, speaking Mandarin, like literally speaking Mandarin, wearing like kimonos, which is like, I guess more like a Pan-Asian experience, but like wearing kimonos, eating with chopsticks, like all these different Asian influences. There there were no Asian characters in the pilot for an Asian influence world. So thank you to Pop Culture 8. Well, that's it for this episode. <laughs> uh, we want you to know that there's several ways you can keep up with the pilot podcast. We have a website, thepilotpodcast.com. We're on iTunes where you can subscribe to us and review us. And remember, if you do leave a review or comment, we'll read it on our next episode. You can also email us at askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. So you can send feedback, fun facts, just anything that's on your mind. And then we're also on Twitter at thepilotpod. And then on Facebook at thepilotpodcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. This sounds, this looks like, this is my nightmare. Walking through your home, fixing the picture frames. Like this. Why is her closet all the same color? Including her clothes. You know, that's actually not how you kill yourself. What do you mean? Killing yourself is more effective like this in the mouth. You actually survive a lot when you try to do it like that. Well, she obviously didn't do her study, studying on how to commit suicide. Yeah. That's clutch, holding on to stuff so you can come by whenever you want. Is this what American kids fall for? Santa? That's a good bribe. That's so embarrassing. Kids want presents. God damn. Love it. Ah. Is that, what what utensil is in that baby's mouth? It looks like a tongue. Uh, The mom's not worried. Give up on that dish. You are not meant to make mac and cheese. Stop it. He killed someone and buried the body below the pool for sure. Wow, that skirt is straight 2001. She looks like she's from a Britney Spears music video. That was very dramatic of him. He could have passed out in the seat. Yeah, he didn't need to pull the tablecloth with him. Oh, you're right. It is in the pool. He buried a body in the pool. How did he drain the pool? It's like drained and dry. In no universe would I show my father that I had seen him do this. In no universe would I be okay with my father going back to digging after seeing me. Hell no. He messed up and then he messed up. Because if you're going to do that, intervene. But if you're going to spy, spy and then like embezzle money from your family and escape. She sobbed and then looked fine when she left. No, that's creepy. Like smiling on the time is creepy. All she handed him was a 20, for the record. Oh, this is a, not, like, some huge amount of money that, like... It's a poor bartender. What? She's going to keep the heels on, too, isn't she? Everyone does everything in heels. Stop! She's walking. She's, she's, gonna, she's about to watch her have sex. You're breaking into someone's home, and you're going to watch them have sex. Look at your life. Look at your choices. No. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop picking up their clothes. Stop picking up their clothes. This is not your home. Stop it! Oh. Ooh.